You're listening to BNI, the Australian Story podcast, brought to you by BNI Australia, Australia's largest business referral organisation. For more information how your business can benefit from BNI and to find your local chapter, go to our website at bni.com.au. Now, here are your hosts, Veronica Lizamato and Brent Edwards. Hello, everybody, and welcome to BNI, the Australian Story. This is episode three in our 2021 series, and it's episode 45 in our series overall. My name is Veronica. I am the host of this podcast, along with our executive director, Mr. Brent Edwards. Hi, Brent. Hi, Veronica. How are you today? I'm actually feeling really good. I felt for the first time ever I've woken up this morning and COVID wasn't at the front of my mind. It felt pretty normal. Oh, we're actually, uh, yeah, in the BNI world, we, we, we're getting smashed at the moment. It's been crazy with a lot of people coming on board and and the like and, uh, and all our chapters up and running for the year and in full flight and uh, with all the new resources we've got from from Global and from uh, BNI Australia, it's just making life a lot easier for our directors and members, but making us very busy, which we all love. Yeah, look, it's, it's a really, really great time. We've learned so much over the last 12 months, um, I think individually in our businesses, but also as BNI members. One of the things that's really interesting for me is seeing how the online chapters are taking shape. I mean, obviously, I've been part of the launch of the online chapters, but we're doing membership transitions now. And the face-to-face ones and the online chapters, it's exactly the same process, but and yet very different because the platforms are so different. Yeah, for sure. And one of the big changes this year, aside from that too, is all the uh, the the initiative from Global that every chapter can have a not-for-profit uh, sponsored into the group for the first 12 months. And we're getting a lot of people coming on with a bit of interest in that. Members really love it because it's a way that B&I can give back. And uh, it's a really great innovation um, from global right down through national office and the executive directors to support this. So uh, if you're listening, your chapter hasn't got a not-for-profit, um, yeah, get them in and uh, and talk to your executive director and we can actually organise a complimentary membership for not-for-profits, one per chapter. It's very exciting. And I think that that was actually my question at the end of the podcast today about how members can invite those visitors and what the process is to choose that non-for-profit for the chapter. So a heads up, I'll be asking you that at the other end of the podcast. Who's our special guest today? Well, firstly, I'm sorry to spoil the end of the podcast for you <laughs> already. <laughs> we should talk about this beforehand. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Today's podcast is one, we've got a chapter focus today. So uh, every now and then for our listeners, we do a bit of a chapter focus on a chapter success story. And a lot of those chapters have come from virtually um, nearly being to the point where they've been disbanded and really achieving. And we've got a couple of guys from uh, BNI Evergreen, which is in uh, Mount Lawley in Perth, which is uh, just north of Perth there. And we've got Joshua Leader and Anthony Cullen from BNI Evergreen. Welcome, guys. Welcome. We'd like to, um, oh, because we're on Zoom, we'd like to unmute so you can uh, say hello. So, uh, welcome to the podcast, guys, representing BNI Evergreen. And what a success story it is. And if you guys, uh, uh, sorry, if people listening uh, have a look at the Australian traffic lights, you will see BNI Evergreen 
number one uh, for the last couple of months. But it's it's been an amazing story of growth over for three years. So um, welcome. Firstly, um, like we ask all our guests, um, we might start with you, Josh. Um, how did you find out about BNI? How and when? Yep, so thanks for having me, Brent. Um, really appreciate having us on. Um, so my journey or introduction to BNI was about six years ago. Um, from my sister-in-law, I'd never heard of it before. Um, and she said, come on to this startup meeting. There's all these businesses want to pass referrals to each other and it sounded like a good idea. I pretty much rocked up and that's where I started for the start of my BNI journey anyway. And what about you, Anthony? Um, hey, Brent, again, thanks for having us on. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, so pretty much very similar to Josh. Uh, we It was about six years ago and a friend of mine who was a mortgage broker had um, had dealings with BNI in the past, visiting and subbing for people and said we wanted to get involved in a startup. And as I'm sure you know, mortgage brokers are one of the first normally founding members. Um, and, yeah, he brought me along and I saw the value of it immediately and, yeah, joined straight away for the startup. Fantastic. Now, you guys have been here just about four years. What is it that you actually do, Josh? Uh, what's your business? And uh, give yourself a bit of a plug coming on today. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, so I'm a residential real estate agent. My business is team leader the agency. So, yeah, we specialise in residential sales within the Perth metropolitan. And what about you, Anthony? Uh, my company name is Transformations Home Improvements, and just like the name, I do uh, home improvements, residential, uh, kitchens, bathrooms and laundries. Fantastic. Now, you guys, we're talking about um, being on Evergreen here today, but that wasn't the first chapter you guys went in at the start of your journey. You were actually in a startup that really didn't happen. Uh, Josh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. It's actually, that's actually where me and Anthony met. We didn't know each other from a bar of soap six years ago. So, um, yeah, we, we tried to get a, a chapter off the ground for about, I think it was close to eight months. Um I think we got to about 17 and just couldn't get to the critical numbers. Um, from that, we were told it's maybe better we keep trying somewhere else. And from there, we just kept a core group of about 10 or 12 people that met every Friday. Um, and it was extremely hard to get a residential real estate seat in, a, in an established chapter. Anthony always could have had the opportunity to do that, but we kind of built a relationship and said if we we're going to go be able to do it together, we would, we'd want to be in the same chapter. And that's where an opening from uh, Katarina Dimitri, the, our launch director, called me one day and said there might be an opening uh, for a residential real estate agent in a chapter in Mount Lawley. And I said, perfect, it's a core area. Um, I went there, there was 13 members, and I pretty much put in my application after that and the rest is history. So... Um, you had a you, well, you had a core group that got up to seventeen that you couldn't get going because we don't start new groups under twenty five these days because uh, they're very hard to maintain. But you've ended up in a group that's virtually had been up there, but it was actually rebuilding. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the exciting part was we had the seventeen in the startup, but we weren't able to really get stuck into the tools and really use what um, B and I, you know, offers. So. Um, we were all still part, I think we'd passed close to about two hundred dollars to $250,000 just between us in the, the sort of startup stage. Um, so then once we got um, an opportunity in an established chapter, I yeah, managed to get four or five of that core group into the chapter, which invigorated a bit of energy. And then um, with the family members that were still there, we managed to be where we are today. 
Now, uh, Katarina, I have to give Katarina a bit of a bit of a shout out. I know Katarina; she's a superstar. And um, and by the way, you guys are nodding. She's done great work with you uh, with that particular uh, with that particular chapter. So, hello to Katarina if you're uh, if you're listening. But um, yeah, she was uh, really in- instrumental in in getting the group up and running again. And you actually uh, went through the Diamond Growth Program. Uh, Anthony, can you tell us a little bit about how how that worked? Well, we actually, I think when we came in, I think that the Evergreen were at the risk of going on the Diamond Growth Program. I think they were in the beginnings of it and then they managed to kind of start improving without actually fully having having to go into it. And then basically once Josh and I and a couple of others got in, um, I think they just needed a bit bit of fresh blood and stuff as well. They, they, they I think they dropped from about 35, um, but I think they got rid of a lot of the dead wood, the people that weren't really fully committed. And they got down to the really good core group that, but that, that they're still in there today that are um, you know were committed from the beginning. So it, I think it was good to have some fresh blood like us in there that were super motivated. We'd already done. If anyone's done startup before, as you know that each week it's basically just hardcore BNI training. So we literally hit the ground running. I think Josh and I both went in um, our first month green and just kind of rose from there. Yeah, so um, you got down. I believe that chapter um, Evergreen was down to thirteen members, and uh, coming forward to today, they're at forty-four, and at the top of the traffic lights. And that's basically taken three years of uh, rebuilding uh, using the Diamond Growth Program. And if anyone's listening and your chapter's shrug- struggling a little bit, talk to your uh, direct consultant about Diamond Growth Program because what that is basically about. Um, it trims everything back to basics. So it's basically uh, working the BNI system to the best. It's utilising all the tools available and utilising all the education to get everyone on board. And you will have some people actually drop off during that who who don't like the accountability from it. Mm-hmm. But what you're left with is a really strong core of people who really want to push the thing uh, push the thing forward. And uh, and the results obviously show from um, from what you do. So that's taken uh, three years. So guys, even through that, it must have been really tough for you. And a lot of people who um, who take on the Diamond Growth Program think, oh, I don't want to do it. It takes too much time. Um, Anthony or Josh, or either one of you can answer this. How did you find it as detracting from your business or did you include it as part of your business? Definitely. Well, coming from a um, being a tradesman, one thing that I had to learn, which I learned during the startup, was stepping away from the tools and working on the business and not in the business. Um, and what I'm doing was I was I started out doing the doing the working, changing into my good gear, going to the meetings, then changing back into my work clothes that I had in the car and going back to work. And when I changed that from blocking out my Tuesdays as my BNI day and creating BNI as an arm of my business as opposed to an accessory, that's what made the biggest difference for me. I really love this. And I say this to a lot of people all the time. You use that 90 minutes a week as as your marketing for your business. And, uh, you know, switch on, be all in, put it in your diary and your calendar on a weekly basis so you know. And I love it how, as a trader, you got out of your overalls, got dressed up for the meeting, did the meeting, then got back in your overalls and went back to what you do. I really love that. What about you, Josh? How did you find it? Yeah, well, it's... 
for me, it was an incredible opportunity. So I sensed it as uh, an opportunity to be door knocking and cold calling, uh, you know, for at that stage, 13 businesses and their extended, extended network from there. So um, it, B&I right now is about 80% of my business that comes in the door. Um, that's where I put all my time and energy. That's my main marketing tool. Um, I don't even do deals anymore. Uh, I'd rather invest my time and energy into B&I because the return has been exponential, not only from a financial perspective, but also from a personal growth perspective as well. That's just incredible. I- Oh God, Brent! I could just have take the whole podcast just talking about how exciting this is for me to hear this. But I wanted to ask both of you one question, which I think your answers will be really interesting for anyone who's listening. If you could take a moment to imagine your business and your life without BNI in it, what do you think it would look like, Anthony? I'll go to you first. Um. I don't think I would be have as many um, back-end stuff in place um, as far as my admin. I think I'd still be trying to run, do my own books, still be using the old accountant that I had that I wasn't very happy with and I didn't realise that he wasn't a good accountant until I, he found the good one that I've got now from our chapter. Um, the mentoring as well has been huge for me, like the, you know, the, the lawyers in the chapter um, and the people that have been in business a long, long time and being able to pick their brains so much Whereas I wouldn't have had that. Um, I, I would have just continued learning as I went. Whereas being part of BNI has really forced me to look at the business as a whole, as opposed to just, I would still be, I'm still on the tools a bit at the moment, but I would still be on the tools. I probably wouldn't have any apprentices. I'd still be doing everything myself. And the business wouldn't be the size of that it is now. I would still be very small business. So that's the big thing. And Joshua? Uh, yeah, well, 55 or 60% of our revenue for our business is from BNI, so we maybe might not be open. No, so, um, no, ideally, without BNI, I'm not too sure, to be honest. I, I think it's been the actual concrete foundation of where our business is today um, from just through building those relationships and the amount of, you know, being able to pick up the phone and, and reach out to another business owner that has experience, um, not only that, but, you know, our, our director, John Williams, and our area director, Roy Avely, like those guys are on call all the time if we ever have a question. So, um, yeah, I'm a massive BNI fan, the platform and everything that it can do for someone's business. As long as they have the right mindset and attitude towards what they need to do because, it, it does take time and energy, but if you're looking at it from a business perspective, from personal to business growth, it's the best platform. Well, it is in the world. So, so just taking a um, just taking a step back to to the growth of um, Evergreen through here, because this is um, this is absolutely amazing. Because you guys went from uh, 13 members in the red, uh, but the first step was getting into the green before you really grew. So. What are some of the strategies as a group you actually took on to do that? Would you like to elaborate on that for our listeners? Josh is our numbers boy. I'll, I'll let him take that one. <laughs> uh, the number, what have we? Well, what have we? There's lots of there's lots of things that we've done, but um, I think the main one was uh, setting a goals and vision of where we actually wanted to go and how we were going to get there, um, and getting. Getting the culture, so our chapters, our culture and our attitude for our chapters is probably our biggest asset. 
Um, it's a business family for us. So everyone's on board with the journey that we're taking as to where we're heading. Um, and, I mean, at the start, it was a lot of visitor days. Every We do visitor days bi-monthly, um, just trying to get people through the door. And at that stage, we were just trying to get numbers. So we weren't heavily, I think, our application process, we were bringing on members, but we would have drop-offs. So that was affecting momentum. But over time, we've really worked on, you know, the interview process, our seven-month reviews, um, and just, I think, leading by example, me and Anthony are like, every, after every meeting we speak about how we can, what, what went well, what went wrong, um, how we can get better, but we're, you know, we're committed to, to trying to get the chapter where it needs to go, and I think it starts from the leadership tip down, but we have an incredible uh, team of 44 members on, in and the that, chapter. I think that's, that's one of the biggest keys as well. Josh and I, you know, I've already told, I've told him this when I first met him, I didn't like him. But now we're now we're best mates. We talk <laughs> once a day before normally before the meetings as well, and after the meetings, and we're constantly thinking thinking up of how we can improve things. But the the culture is a huge huge thing, and we were lucky enough that when we um, joined, the culture was already really good. There was lots of banter. The business still got done, but there was lots of fun, and we've just kind of grew from that. We've we've kept that same culture, and like Josh said as well, when it comes to new members, we're being very very picky. Because at the beginning we were a few did slip through the cracks, but they're no longer with us. So it's obviously obvious why they didn't work out. Um, but the, the biggest thing as well is back when it was the membership committee meeting and when they had the two meetings, um, and now it's the chapter success meeting. Running those properly, that's where all the back end work is done. That's where the checking in on the existing members that are in the green that are doing well, make sure they are happy, but also then following up with the people in the red or the amber or the grey to make sure that they are getting what they need. And do they need a mentor or do they need um, help with accessing the tools that are already there? It's really important, isn't it, That because um, we've got so many people in the room and I was talking to another president today who has the challenge of so many people not putting their hand up for any position, for changeover in any of the roles. And the same old, same old people always putting their hand up for everything. And I think that... Um, what would be great for people to hear from this today is that every single member can contribute to the team by being a set of eyes on something. Because when we look at um, the chapter being in the green, sometimes we miss out on a member that's in the red. They go under the radar. And if we just look at the individuals in the red, we miss out on those members that are in the green and flying and not acknowledging them. And, you know, there's things that if, if everyone has a little job of just keeping their eye on the ball, then nothing gets missed. And every single member is really important to that process, not the people who just have a title. That's right. Yeah. The acknowledgement as well is a massive thing. So Josh is always looking at the numbers and, and we, we've got um, some really good slides that our digital marketing, our group's team has kind of like revamped for us and really making sure that the people that are doing well are recognised. Like Josh will always, if there's a um, new member, and their first green month, he will always get up and say, well, um, well done to so-and-so. It's their, their, they're only in for two months and they're already in green, well done. And, yeah, the recognition is huge for renewing members as well. I think a big deal needs to be made about people that renew, new members, um, as much acknowledgement as possible. And what about, um, what about your go for green coordinator? What's your definition of a go for green coordinator in your chapter? That's a tough one. Um, I think with the when it comes to the members of the um, um, the membership committee and the leadership team, we everyone obviously has their roles, but we do share a lot of the responsibilities. 
um, we kind of changed from, say, having the um, person in charge of applications. They have to do everything. When Now that when we have our meetings, we go, right, who's up for renewal? Who's up for the seven-month review? And then we sit down and, and, and kind of spread the work. So it's not only just one person's responsibility. So I think as far as going for green, everyone plays a role in that, not just the, um, the growth coordinator. Yeah, great. I really like the way you guys um, take the chapter success meeting really seriously. I like to say the chapters that the chapter success meeting, if you treat your BNI unit as a business and yeah, as a if we combine all the all the turnover of, of everyone in, in the room at a BNI meeting, it turns into anywhere between twenty to several hundred million dollars worth of business turnover between the people in that room. So the BNI meeting is a is a business. The BNI group's a business unit in itself, and that business unit is bringing business for the members, and it's turning over X amount of business per year. And the chapter success meeting is the board meeting. Is the board meeting to make sure you're overseeing the business and treating it like a business, overseeing the business and discussing that business to make sure it can achieve more and go forward, and what you're going to do, how you're going to manage it, and that's really important. I really like it how you guys have said you were actually working on it, communicating on what we can improve and treating it like a business in itself. And that's where a lot of people actually lose the BNI concept, uh, especially when chapters get uh, very uh, very friendly and very social. They lose the business side of it. And if you look at it like a business, you'll get business results. I really also love how um, you use visitors' days quite a bit. A lot of chapters will lose some members and they'll say, oh, we need a visitor's day as a reactive measure. But even big chapters should be doing it regularly mm-hmm. and, and topping up those uh, topping up those people because visitor's days is great PR for the chapter as well, whether people actually join or not, uh, because members can possibly get business out of it as well. And those people who come along can tell other people uh, about the wonderful experience they've had. And what a hidden element of visitor's days too um, it makes people who are already members think, wow, I'm already part of this. How good is this? So it aids your retention as well, which I really believe. So um, you guys, uh, what you've done here with this particular group has been fantastic and you should be congratulated. And I've got on one of my feedback forms something about uh, Jacques. So Jacques Hugo, is who is now your uh, director consultant. Can you tell us how... Uh, how Jacques is taking it to the next level over the over the last eighteen months. Josh, yeah, uh, no, Jacques's been uh, incredibly supportive since he came on board. Originally, our DC was actually Katarina Dimitri as well, so she was uh, with us through all the the hard stage up to I think up to about 24, 25 members, and then or maybe thirty members. Then Jacques's been there. He's an incredible support. He's um, anything we need from him. He's been very, 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 very helpful, and he, you know, he just keeps us grounded when we're getting, you know, especially in the chapter success meetings. Yeah. We, we're all pretty passionate about the chapter doing well, so it's nice to have someone there to be able to ground us uh, at certain points. Um, but the one thing I wanted to refer back to was the visitor aspect. I think that a lot of chapters need to understand is that. Um, well, from our numbers, you know, we, we're close to turning over 2.2, 2.3 mil at the moment, rolling calendar, and 352,000 of that is from visitors. So, you know, if, if you think about that as a whole, with the visitor days, it's just an incredible opportunity. We've got visitors that are 
our members are making hundreds to two hundred thousand dollars from a person that's not ever going to join, but they just needed a service at that time. So don't be fearful of you know getting people in the door, and they don't have to join, but they can definitely shop. And Jacques is another example of um, the BNI system that gives you support. Um, and like like with John Williamson and and Roy, he's always there at the drop of the hat for he'll pick up the phone call. Especially I remember especially when we were started doing the Zoom, which you know there was it was amazing how quickly B and I got the system up and running ready for our first meeting. Um, but of course there was going to be hiccups and he was there on on the phone as soon as I needed him because I was present at the time, ready to do backend stuff to help us get links working, things like that. So it's just another form of support that we're we're grateful for. How do you guys um and obviously you've you've shared your business co- success through through um, being in BNI, what would you say it's done for your personal growth as well during that time? Uh, Josh, start with you. Yeah, my personal growth. I mean, I remember when I was doing my 60 seconds at the time when I first started and was shaking in my boots. So um, being able to present now in front of 50-plus people and be confident in my ability to to project what my business is and who I am um, has been massive. And, you know, I've just met so many incredible incredible people along the way to learn business. I mean, I'm only still quite young in business um, and always, yeah, the, the learning aspect for me has been the biggest one. And then obviously the return of my time and energy um, has been incredible as well. Fantastic. What about you, Anthony? Um, definitely the um, – I was already not too bad at speaking in front of people. Um, I do like the sound of my own voice. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, <laughs> we like the, it yeah, yeah. We we try to do we have like quite a lot of regular social events. I think that is a, a big key as well, is um, you know, so many of our members, we all know each other's families and partners, and we all have a pretty close personal relationship, which means that business is comes kind of as second nature. It's very easy to do business with people that you're friends with that you catch up regularly, um, not even necessarily for one-to-ones, but actually um socially. So for me, I think increasing my um, my friendship group with people from all aspects, not just people my own age, people that have been in business for a while. Um, increasing the friendship group has been a massive thing for me and that's why I enjoy going to the meetings. I, I couldn't care less if I got business or not, but the energy in the room and it, it fills my cup each week when I go just because of the people in the room. It's so important, isn't it, the the personal connections outside of the meeting? You know, the meeting you do business, but actually getting to know, like and trust the people that you do business with that's what helps those referrals to be really good quality referrals. Um, and, and I think a lot of people that are coming on board now, and I love it when I hear a new applicant say, look, I'm just not sure how I'm going to contribute to the other people in the group because I immediately know that they understand givers gain and they, they're concerned about being um, contributing. And that's what we want. We want those people because you can learn how to do the process and you can get to know everyone and like them and trust them. But if you've got a bad attitude and you just want to go in and say what's in it for me, that's not something that's probably ever going to change within your time at B&I. But I hasten to, to mention that um, one of the great things about B&I is all the, all the members become friends. One of the worst things about B&I <laughs> yeah. is all the members <laughs> because you, you need to keep the in, in the back of your mind, you need to keep while you're there because friends don't like to keep friends accountable. Yeah. And BNI is a big part of the, you know, accountability is a big part of BNI. And uh, and if you, um, you know, if you can do that and keep the accountability there and remember in the back of your mind the the main reason you're here for, and that's for business, uh, it works beautifully. 
So, uh, Josh and Anthony, we might start with Anthony. Um, we asked him, all our guests today, it's been great hearing from you today, we ask all our guests, um, what would be your success tip personally uh, for another member of BNI, Anthony? You definitely get out what you put in. Um, I probably spend about between seven and maybe 12 hours a week on BNI, and the return I've got is huge because of that. Um, and that, that would be my biggest piece of advice is don't go in there and just cruise through and do the bare minimum because that's what you'll get. And don't be surprised when that's what you get. Whereas if you put the hours in, you follow the systems, you use the tools that are already there ready for you, you'll get out what you put in. I love it. Seven to 12 hours. Did you hear that, V? We get a lot of people say, oh, how much time is this going to take us? Yeah. Or how much do you want out of it? Yeah. Um, what about you, Josh? What's your uh, tip for success for our members? Uh, well, mine would probably be aimed towards, uh, well, existing members that should be doing all right because if they're still, if they renewed out of the first year, they've done okay. But for me, I think the first year is the pivotal point. Um, putting the time and energy and understanding that that's the foundation point of your membership and your relationship building aspect with your current members. Um, so really put the time and energy and like Anthony said, it's all about the attitude. If you don't put in the time and the work, um, I probably equally spend as much time as Anthony, maybe a little bit more on b and I. I mean, it's pretty much my number one prospecting tool for my business. So, um, and the returns there, if, you, if you've got the right attitude to build the relationships, use the structures and systems, it's, you can't really fail in all honesty. Yeah, fantastic. And it's been great to have you guys on today. And uh, B&I Evergreen, congratulations. And I, by the sounds of it, you guys have been the uh, the driver to get it to uh, number one, been number one in the uh, National Traffic Lights last two months running. Um, uh, it's, you've knocked off one of our chapters off the top, so thank you for that. But um, <laughs> that's okay. Um, you know, it's, it gives a target for everyone else. But um, you can see by our interview today and some of the things you've shared why uh, you are there. So all the best for your BNI journey. Thanks for uh, being with us today. BNI Evergreen, uh, 44 member chapter, top of the national traffic lights the last two months and number one in Australia. So uh, congratulations and great to have you on the BNI Australia Story podcast with us today, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. What a fantastic podcast for anyone who is um, in a chapter that they feel may need that extra support to get back. And especially someone who's been in the chapter that they know has been great but possibly has just lost its way a little bit and needs to get back to greatness. I mean, the, all the tools and the resources are there. And um, one of the things that just came to mind is, is a uh, something that you say to me quite often is treat B&I like it's your biggest client. And I think yeah. if, you, if you think about it like that, well, the first time you said that to me, I thought, oh, wow. It's not just part of my marketing. It's just not something I have to go to each week. It is actually my biggest client because, as we heard Joshua say, you know, 50% of his revenue is coming from his biggest client, which is a whole bunch of people in the room there. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of people uh, within B&I who have been with us for a couple of years or more can actually um, can actually say that. And but it's like everything. It's like relationships. you got to keep on working on it. You just can't uh, get to a stage... Uh, it's very similar to you don't see people joining the gymnasium, getting fit and say, okay, I'm fit now. I'm going to stop going to the gym. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of them, Brent. <laughs> well, you know, it's a silly thing to do, isn't it? 
So ice cream or gym. You've got to keep on. You've got to keep on working on these things, and um, you know it's. And, you know, when you're actually at the stage where you're down to 13 members, it's hard work to get back up and it takes a lot of dedication and hard work. And um, this is a great success story to to share with our listeners on how you can actually focus on that to go forward. And it can be done. And, you know, a lot of people um, won't, you know, think something can't be done until they see it happen. And we've got so many success stories where that's actually happened, um, where Chapters have been to the point of nearly closing to the point where um, they're really great business units with a fantastic culture. And that's actually happened here. And also just to point out that that um, they're number one out of 258 chap- chapters nationally. So it's not one out of 10. They're at the top of a very, very long list of chapters. They're all working as hard as they can. So to get up to the top was not an easy feat and um, that's incredible. Incredible achievement. So I know I said at the front of the meeting about um, some information about how people can invite the non-for-profits and how that process happens. I guess my biggest question to you is, and for people who are listening, the process, if we have two or three non-for-profits in the room, they all put in an application as per any other normal member would, and that goes to the chapter does that then go to the director consultant for the final say, or is the chapter in charge of choosing who that non-for-profit's going to be? No, no, the chapter membership committee chooses that person. Um, if the person can't get into an existing chapter, they can possibly join uh, join one another one within the region uh, because it's one not-for-profit per chapter. Um, but the membership committee chooses that person and approves that person as per a normal business person uh, applying for the chapter. And then once they do that, they uh, they mark on the application form on the application. It's a not-for-profit and let their executive director know and they'll do the rest. And also just to remind the chapters that the person who joins also needs to adhere to all the expectations as per any other normal member. They have to turn up. They have to do their power of one. They have to do the training and all the other bits and pieces as per any other normal member in the chapter, except we get to plug into the community through their non-for-profit organisation. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a way we can actually give back and they can plug yeah. into the local business community. Um, having that person in there, there are there are connections they can give the group and they can gain connections from the group as well. So it's a win-win situation. Yeah, look, it's fantastic. What a great initiative from B&I once again to, uh, to do this. So thank you, Steve, our producer, for making sure everything ran smoothly today. Uh, thank you, Brent. Thank you, V. Thank you, Steve. And thank you to uh, Josh and Anthony for coming on today. And uh, great episode. Uh, and just before we go, did you have a tip for the week? Well, I thought you were never going to ask. <laughs> but I do I do have one. Um, and uh, I was at a meeting today and I saw someone do a feature presentation and they had a six-minute fre- feature presentation and they had about 15 PowerPoint slides. Oh, and death by PowerPoint. They didn't get through it. So my tip for everyone is don't overdo yourself on PowerPoint. Rule of thumb, one per minute of presentation. Okay, so if you've got a six-minute presentation, no more than six. You won't get through it. You'll have to rush it and you won't get your message across. And it's a real shame because people work hard on their presentations, but when they get the bell and they can't finish it, it's, it's a wasted opportunity. So if you've got a bit more meat on the bone, save it for the uh, for your next presentation. I love it. It's fantastic advice. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for episode 45 of BNI, The Australian Story. 